Hello, everybody. This is your boy, Shane Amad, and you're listening to the Halliburton Podcast Show. And I am the host, the co-star, the star, the executive producer, all of the above. I am that guy, Shane Amad. And on today's show, we are going to be talking about, well, I'm going to be discussing the recent events that's happened over the weekend uh, with the mass shooting in New York and uh, Los Angeles. There was uh, two major shootings in those uh, towns, and I wanted to kind of talk about that. You know, kind of want to, you know, I've been doing those show reviews for Bad Boys of LA, but I want to do something a little different today and talk about this issue because this is an extreme issue in our country um, for, well, actually, since I was, I think I was in middle school when um, this mass shooting first started to happen with the Columbine incident. Um, And it seems like every year since then, you know, people have decided to do this, you know, um, people who feel some kind of way about others in life, in their life, and they want to seek revenge on whatever reason uh, it is, whether it's a real reason or a conspiracy type reason, people want to seek revenge and just start shooting up and killing people, um, you know, just, just because. And I don't know if there is a way that anyone can stop this because so many guns are in this country until it makes no sense um i don't know if you guys have heard this like a few months ago when russia first invaded ukraine um ukraine armed their citizens with rifles and things like that i personally believe that russia or any other country tried to invade the united states um the united states would not have to arm its people here its citizens because we are heavily armed i know i am um so yeah so, but you know, at the same time, I'm not someone who wants to go and shoot and kill people or, you know, get so caught up in my feelings. I just want to hurt others. Um, but anyway, let's start off with the shooter, uh, the shooting in New York, um, in Buffalo, New York. Uh, Ten people were killed and three were injured at a grocery store on Saturday in Buffalo, New York. Um, Eleven of the thirteen people were black. This is be, uh, this case is still being being investigated as a hate crime by the Justice Department. Um, the gentleman, the eighteen-year-old guy, uh, I have to look his name up. Um, well, anyway, the eighteen-year-old male who is the suspect here uh, was, you know, he's a, a self-proclaimed um, white supremacist, and I guess he feels that either blacks or um, minorities are going to take over the country from white people feeling like the white people are going to soon be outnumbered and kind of falling by the wayside um, that's that's how he feels um, excuse, my, excuse me guys I'm trying to log into my computer and it's giving me a hard time I want to find this boy's name but um yeah, so like you know, he's, a, he's a, you know he claims himself as to be a white supremacist, and you know there was a 180-page manifesto uh, that was discovered by this 18-year-old idiot, um, and where he describes his attacks as terrorism, and you know of course a white supremacist. Um, but you know, unfortunately for us in this country, especially for us blacks, uh, this is nothing new for us to hear that there are people out here like that um, with these conspiracies and things like that. You have the most evil people in the world doing things to other people 
that they feel are evil, but in actuality, you're full of evil. Um, yeah, let me look this guy's name up. I'm pulling up some stuff on my computer now. Can't believe I did not get this in my notes. But what is this idiot's name? Let's see, Buffalo Shooter. I'm on Fox News, Fox News website. What is this guy's name? I mean, I would assume at 18 years old, um, his name would be released, right? Um, let me look this up. They just keep saying 18 year old. Like, what is his fucking name? We we know he's 18. Um. Oh, of course, my computer wants to act stupid as. I start looking at this as I'm recording. Okay, let's see. Hmm. Yeah, my computer is back. Okay, finally, it's moving down. Okay, what is this guy's name? Okay, his name is Peyton S. Gendron. I guess his name is. His name is Peyton S. Gendron or something like that. Um, this kid doesn't look like, like, if I would have saw him, you know, in this picture here in public, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have considered him like a white supremacist or anything. I would have just considered him as just really weird and awkward looking and someone whom I would leave my children around if I had them or my pets or my elderly family members. He just looks, he, he gives off a moralism moralist vibe. That's the kind of vibe I get from this guy. Um, he was arraigned and on first degree murder. Um, it also said he traveled 200 miles away to commit this crime, uh, all while wearing tactical gear. Some, some, uh, the rifle that he used to kill these people who, who actually, he actually wrote names on his, um, on his weapons to kill people, one of the names was a nigger and all, you know, and things all kinds, of, you know, it's just weird shit like that. Um, you know, then the, uh, the victims, there were, uh, the victims of this shooting was a retired police officer, also security guard, who engaged in gunfire with the suspect, but of course he unfortunately lost because I, as a former security guard and a former law enforcement officer, I do know if I have a Glock 40 on me and I'm uh, in a shootout battle with someone with an AR-15 or an assault rifle, more than likely I'm going to lose that fight. Um, I'm going to use my weapon not to kill, but to deter, um, you know, maybe engage and fire with the guy from, you know, you know, while I am, you know, hiding and taking cover, allowing others to get out of the way. That is the only, only way uh, a Glock 40 can, can really uh, do battle with an assault rifle. It's to engage with the, with the shooter so everyone else can take cover or get out of there because um, you're not, you're not going to win. Um, also, a substitute teacher and a grandmother and all, and who was also a community activist, she was killed. Uh, out of those 13 people, uh, ages 20 and 86, two white people were killed. And also, this is an ongoing investiga- uh, investigation. Also, this weekend, we had another shooting in California in Laguna, Laguna Beach, um, actually at a church, a church called LaGuard La Church. Um, a 60-year-old Las Vegas man charged with murder on Monday. Um, this man was, I, I believe, to be of Taiwan descent. Um, you know, he was charged for a murder after firing shots that killed 
one and injuring four inside a Southern California church. Uh, the man's name is David Chow or Chu, however you pronounce that. Um, most of the victims were mostly uh, Taiwanese of Taiwan descent, ages 66 to 92. Wow. 66 to 92 years of age in this church shooting in Laguna Beach, California. And apparently uh, this man was upset that his wife uh, allegedly broke off, broke it off with him and moved back to Taiwan. And also he is upset about the tensions between Taiwan and China and things like that. So I guess, you know, he felt, you know, in, that it was okay for him just to lose it and just go off to church and shoot people. Uh, he fired shots in the church uh, while churchgoers were having lunch. Some people, were, uh, some of the people overpowered the government and hogtied him with an extension cord and took two weapons before deputies arrived and to take him into custody. Um, they should have shot him in the head. Yeah. They should have shot him in the head and left the gun beside him un unhog tie him and make it look like he committed suicide. What? Like, really? You go into a church just to start shooting up people? This is crazy. Um, I mean, I mean, I have to give it to the, to the heroes in this church. Uh, these people showed amazing courage and grace and uh, definitely saved more lives because I believe that they didn't engaging to fight with this man although they were elderly allegedly he probably would have killed more so um this this is just really crazy and um they're still investigating that and trying to find the real motives behind his issues we don't know if it was if it was racial or or whatever um but it's alleged that it's uh, clearly political motives that caused him to kind of to kind of go nuts um or whatever um, also, this past week, there was uh, an incident in Texas where a little white boy who was 19 years old um, allegedly, well, actually, I have not, like, I wouldn't even say allegedly because he actually went to this little girl's house. A, nine, a little nine-year-old white boy in Texas went to this black girl's house. I'm, I'm going to say it how I read it, guys. I'm going to try not to be all news-like and just say it how I read it. This little nine-year-old white boy went to this black girl's house, nine-year-old black girl in Texas house, with a whip, begging her to come outside so he can whip and discipline her. Um, of course, the girl's parents was home. They, you know, told the boy he needed to go back to the house. They have... Like the, the, the camera out there, those cameras that, you know, records outside of their, their home. And, um, you know, it shows where the mom was telling him he better take his ass back home. She's calling the police. Things like this. Um, a couple of hours later, the, the, the little girl's dad comes over. I guess the mom tells him about what happened. He gets upset. He goes over to this little not white beard, little white boy's home where his father was there to confront them about what was going on and discuss this and got into a verbal altercation with uh, with the guy over it and um, then apparently the, the white guy got his gun and told the guy to get off of his property and he lost control of the gun and, all, and the gun went off almost killing one of his children in the house 
uh, this was just a mess. And uh, and apparently from the news, um, this little white boy, um, apparently there was some kind of drama with the little nine-year-old black girl's other sibling getting into a fight or beating up the little white boy with one of his brothers. There was clearly, there was already uh, an issue with these two families prior to this issue to, uh, you know, before this little white kid went up to this girl's house with a whip and things like that. Um, That's just a crazy story. Um, My thoughts on this story I understand, you know, if I had a, uh, a daughter or whatever and some little white kid came to my front porch. Oh, yeah, by the way, guys, the little white boy, since he couldn't get the girl to come outside, he took the whip and hit the car, uh, the family's car, which is, in the, which is an Audi, whipped it and put a scratch on it. If this were me and someone came to my doorstep looking to whip my child with a, uh, with a whip to discipline her, huh, hmm. To really be honest with you, I would, knowing that I have camera footage, I would call the police. I would call the police. I would get a restraint order against that kid and his family against my property. I would, you know, move away. I, you know, I would sue. I would get get an attorney. I would make this to be a big issue. I would become a black male Karen. Um, in this situation, like, yeah. Now I don't, I don't see my, you know, now the, now the father of this little girl decided to go over to this man's house to confront him. Now I'm a former law enforcement officer, so I will tell you this: in the eyes of the law, once you leave your house and you go to confront someone else on their property, you are looked at as the aggressor. Not only are you looked at as the aggressor, you are a black in Texas at a white man's house trying to confront him after he told you to leave his property. Unfortunately, no matter what the little boy did, this is a little child, he's not going to be charged in prison because, you know, charged for his crimes. He's too young. The law doesn't even give a shit about that. They're going to look at you while you're at this man's house when he told you to leave. Um, So that was already stupid to even be be doing that, in my opinion. Um... But yeah, this is just a really, really crazy story that's going on, and it's, it just goes to show how much racism is in this country, because my thoughts are, who the fuck has whips in their house, in their homes, and who the hell has whips in their homes, in their house, where children can go and have access to it, and also... How does a nine-year-old child know to go to someone's house to discipline them with a whip? I am a black man. When I hear of a white man with a whip or, you know, towards a black person, to me, it gets racial and hateful off the rip because we all have seen Roots and uh, Django and all that, all those movies like that. And we all know what our ancestors went through, um, you know, coming over from Africa and dealing with these blue-eyed devils here in this country, you know, whipping you and all this kind of stuff. All the hate that these people spew out 
and it still exists till this day. They hate everybody, and you know they come to this country, you know, came to this country stealing land and all those types of stuff, and you know, stealing everything and feeling all entitled when everything they have was stolen from them. You know, it's it just really crazy. And for you, for this little white boy to know to do this, he clearly have seen some stuff in his house and, or he's being taught some stuff and it's it's being brought up in him um, it's just unbelievable that this happened I hope when that kid got to school excuse me guys I hope when that kid got to school I know this sounds bad for me to say this about a child but I hope when he got back to school that some of that little girl's friends beat his ass again granted that may backfire in the future because he may be one of those white punks who remembers this and when he turns 27 years old, you know, and gets fired from his job at the comic book store, um, you know, for uh, for bad hygiene, you know, and decides that he, you know, wants to go and revenge him, his younger self of black people and shoot up everybody because he got beat up in the third grade or whatever. You know, like, that's just how it goes. Um, and it's, and it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate that this kind of stuff happens. And it's unfortunate that a black man went over to that person's house to confront them and could have been shot and killed or arrested and things like that. But allegedly, from reading the news, the police were, were called and the police informed the black family like, hey, this is a nine-year-old and there's nothing that they can do legally against a nine-year-old and that they need to get together and hash out their differences and things like that. And I don't believe that's taking place. Um, luckily, no one got hurt. I do hope that the black family is suing or getting some kind of financial reimbursement for the damages that that little white boy did by whipping their car with a whip. Lord have mercy. I'm going to say this, and I know a lot of people are going to think, oh my God, this is evil, especially if you're white. But I'm going to tell you this. When a black person hears a story like this, the same hate that these racist white people have in this country, if they see a black person on their porch, I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna, you, you guys listen to this and listen to it closely. A lot of us have that same exact, exact hate for you when you're on our porch. The same exact hate just like that white man wouldn't got his gun because that black man was on the porch if a white person is on my porch or you know I, you know for out of nowhere believe it or not I'm heavily armed I have a gun waiting to because I deem you guys as, a lot of you guys as being crazy as fuck and evil as hell and entitled as hell it's unbelievable so yeah, if that was me, I would probably would have wanted to shoot the little boy. I would want to shot him straight in the head and left him there and called his parents to come pick him up and to tell them to have another fucking kid and to teach the second kid, the, the next kid, to be better than the first one. Don't you ever come on my step ever again, causing me no drama, especially with no fucking whip in your hand. That's that's what would be going through my head. Now I wouldn't do it. I would hope not. But like that's just just like damn. And then, you know, some people might say, oh my gosh, that's so, so inhumane. But let's be real here. As black folks, we are constantly, constantly 
constantly living all of this racial stuff over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it never stops. Either, you know, the white people are killing us, the white cops are shooting and killing us, some of them. Granted, a lot of us do cause a lot of stuff on our own. Or we as black folks are going into stores and being uh, harassed or looked down upon or we're going to going to work and we're being looked and talked to less there less than you know we have to deal with discrimination every day by a lot of white people in this world whether like I said whether you're going to the store to the shop whether you're driving down the street whether you're going for you know you're up against you know trying to get a, a job or you're at a job and you're constantly dealing with racial discrimination like we're always dealing with this and like when does it stop I don't know if it ever will stop because as the same way these white people are doing things that, you know, doing what they're doing to us and have been doing, we do it to ourselves as well. Um, That's why I never, I never went to go to March for Black Lives Matter because I'm a former law enforcement officer. And my thing is, I understand that there's a lot of white cops out there who are bad news, who are racist and hateful, and they got this job for power to, and to try to use it to do bad to people and hide behind their badge but also there's a lot of black folk black people out here who are just as hateful divisive discriminatory towards each other hell you guys see you guys see this weekend the mass shooting that happened like I just reported in New York and LA but also here in South Carolina there was a black a little black girl that was shot and killed in her uh in her neighborhood because of a drive-by shooting from another black man. Another black man walking around, driving, you know, well, not walking around, but driving by, shooting a neighborhood and, and, and kills, a little, uh, kills a little girl. The same weekend where all this happened. When will we stop killing each other? And, you know, people, you know, people, you know, give me a hard time. And I said this, but I worked in the prisons. I've, I've seen... Who, who we are behind prison who you know the people you know it's a lot of, it's a lot of black men and it's a lot of drug crimes but it's a lot of murders towards other black people black lives cannot matter to the white man until it starts to matter to the black man you know um you know, I'm kind of a, you know, light skin, you know, caramel complexion guy. Uh, there are people who look at me and assume, oh, you're light skin. You automatically going to get this and people are going to find you more attractive and you're going to get, get, you know, get jobs better than I am because I'm dark skin and, you know, vice versa, all these little weird things like this. Or there'll be people who are lighter than me who, you know, who look down on me because I'm not as light as they are and, and all this stuff, and they're you know very discriminatory, or they say, "Oh, you're not short. I mean, you're not tall enough. You're not strong enough. You're not big enough. You don't drive this kind of car. You don't have this amount of money." You know, just very discriminatory. Um, like you know, even growing up, you know, in the public school systems. I mean, black folks discriminate against you as soon as you walk in the door. You can walk in the door, and you if you have on a pair of Asics or New Balance shoes. They're going to laugh at you and think it's funny. 
they're gonna think laughing you and think it's funny because you don't have on Jordans or Nikes or Reeboks and stuff like that, and they're gonna automatically dis- disassociate you from, from from being a part of them, which is stupid. Now, when a black person walks into a white person's room, the white person may look at their appearance, but the appearance is not what they're looking at. They're in, they're gonna judge. And they want to figure out where you are mentally and intellectually. That's the difference between the two. Um, it, it's just crazy to live in this country. Like, you know, I hate that racism goes on, but there's so many racist blacks, you know, towards other blacks till it makes no sense. And I, and I, maybe that's why we can't ever get ahead. You know, you got all these gangs out here in the country. You got one set, one gang, you know, going against the other gang and stuff like this. Imagine if those gangs, you know, decided to just squash their beef. Whatever that beef is, I never understood it. Um, you decide, you know, decide to squash that beef and say, you know what? We're gonna start patrolling. We're gonna start patrolling our areas. We don't trust these cops out here. We don't trust all these crazy ass white people out here with guns because you ain't gonna, see, you're not gonna see a, cra- a, a crazy white person go up into the hood and want to shoot it up. They want to go into a place where they can get a sitting duck innocent people who will not fight back and that's usually the older they're not going to go there and look they're not going to go looking for a fight because they're cowards because they know you know they know with their hands they're going to probably get their ass for there's nothing more nothing more scary to a white man than getting beat up by a bunch of black folks I think they'd rather have cancer and die first to be honest with you but uh yeah yeah when 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 will we you know, as black people, you know, start to do better. We need to start teaming up. We need to start doing better with uh, each other. Black women, y'all need to stop, you know, being so discriminatory and hateful towards each other and start lifting, lifting each other up, you know? Because these black, these white folks don't respect us because we don't respect ourselves. A lot of us don't. And I guess a lot of us as a whole do not. Um, also, in 2021, well, we all, you know, live, we're all living through the COVID, you know, era and things like that. And it is to believe that uh, COVID was created somewhere in China and it got out to the world and caused all this mass chaos. Over a million people have died from COVID in America since then. Um, so there was a lot of hate, you know, towards a lot of Asian people after the COVID situation. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, Asian people are getting beat up, pushed down and kicked in public and, and things like that. So, uh, the U.S. government or the legislature, the uh, House of Representatives and the Senate passed a bill, um, called the 20, 2021 House Passes Anti-Asian Hate Crimes Bill. Uh, this bill directs the Justice Department to expedite COVID-related hate crimes toward Asians. Hmm. That's all good and, and great for Asian people. I understand it. But let's, let's be honest here. When a black person as myself reads something like this... I can only think, well, damn, if the Asian people can get a bill like this passed, you know, and if the government can pass a bill like this for Asians, why won't they pass anything like that for, for blacks? We've been getting killed and all these lynchings and all this hate stuff 
for hundreds of years now. You know, I mean, they have what they call the George Floyd Justice and Policing Bill, which has not even passed yet. So I I, I don't get it. Like the the, the Asians who, I'm just going to go ahead and put this out there. I may be a lot of extremely ignorant, but someone please correct me if I'm wrong. Asian people don't contribute, has not contributed as much to this country as blacks, the black people have. There's less Asia than this country. They don't have as much buying power in this country. Not saying that they're, you know, second class citizens, but it's not fair for Asians who all have migrated over here, you know, to get bills passed in their protection because of the COVID um, outbreak and things like this and people hating them because of, you know, it's believed their people brought COVID to the world. But black people who have built this country, we've, you know, lost a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, being raped, being oppressed, being killed, you know, you know, like everything you can name, it's happened to us in this country, but we can't get a bill passed to protect us. People like this guy here who, who went to, uh, in Buffalo, New York, who killed those innocent people, people like Dylan Roof. They should have been dead. They should have been killed. They should have, they have, should have already been dead. The death penalty should have already taken place. You know, you know they, they need to go ahead and pass these hate bills and stuff like that. And I know Joe Biden is a president and a lot of people believe the president has all the power in the world. I'm college educated and I do know he does not have all the power in the world. He has to work with the legislator and, and things like that. They need to work, they need to get together and get these bills passed because this this is ridiculous. It may not stop these hate crimes per se, but it, it, it'll, but it will give retribution to the families and the victims of hate crimes. You know, if a bill gets passed, like saying, for instance, go ahead and expedite the process. Like this guy who has done this this Saturday, instead of having him go to trial two or three years from now. Have him go to trial in three to four months. Give him the death penalty right then and there, you know? And then expedite his death penalty. You know, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just unfair. Sorry, Asian people, no one really gives a damn. I hate to say it like that, but no one really gives a damn. I know I don't. I eat Chinese food. I, you know, get my, my feet done every now and then at the nail salon, all this kind of stuff like that. But at the end of the, end of the day, I don't give a damn about Asian people. I don't hate them, but I don't give a damn about their well-being because I know for a fact they don't give a damn about mine. When do you see Asian people out, out protesting and, and trying to do black, black um, you know, trying to protest things against, you know, for black people? When are they in favor of black black people? When, you know, when they're doing anything for, for blacks, they're not because they don't like us. Let's be real here. The majority of Asian people don't like us. They come here and they kiss ass for the white man and they think everything white is right. And if you're not white, then you're not good enough. I know I'm not the only black person listening, you know, under the sound of my voice who who believes, who does not believe this. We all know an Asian person who we know is very surface and only cares about your money 
whether it's getting your money for Chinese food or getting your money to get your nails done or whatever the case may be with these Chinese people there, entrepreneurship type stuff. They only give a damn about your money. They're not coming back to your community to give you your money back. You know, they're not going to spend money back in your community. They will hire someone out of your community to help them communicate with you in their store. But they're not going to do anything back for the community. They don't give a damn about black people. They don't give a damn about Mexicans. They don't give a damn about anything other than trying to be this, you know, trying to be as equivalent to white people as possible in this country. That's how I perceive it. So for them to get a bill passed against hate crimes, against Asian people because of the COVID thing, I get it in a legal sense, but I think it's very unfair. And that time and energy that they put towards that, these legislators and representatives and senators should use that same energy to put it back into the black community because clearly we need some kind of reparations over here. We're, we're still looking for it. But I will say, I'm going to end this show here on this note. We're tired of this. We're tired of hearing these stories of this. We're tired of hearing our grandparents and these older people, these, you know, in our community being shot and killed while living their lives, not coming home anymore. We're tired of our aunts and grandmas and aunties and brothers and sisters and cousins and friends going to church, going to the places and being shot and killed because they're black. We're getting we're getting very tired of this. And, you know, it makes me think to myself, like, okay, who do I relate more with in, in, in as far as civil rights go? Do I relate more with Dr. Martin Luther King, who's about peace? Or do I relate more with uh, Malcolm X, who kind of thought, well, hey, we're going to have to meet violence with violence here. Well, it, it, it's, it's getting to that point. Um, it, it's getting to that point where it's just kind of like, okay, this, this is getting old here. I mean, ever since the 2015 Dylan Roof situation, I was working in a place where I was surrounded by Caucasian people. And um, I was the only black person. That worked, well, I'll take that back. I had a black lady there who worked there. She was an older lady and she wasn't well educated so I hate to say it like this she was a black woman who sucked up to white people everything they did and said she was all for it she had no opinion she had no no sense no and I think she knew things that was going on but she feared white people too much because I think that kind of grew up in her to where she did she never she never what I want to say stood up for herself well, me on, me on the other hand, there were moments where I would be professional, but there would also be moments where I, I just couldn't do it anymore, and I would say what I had to say. Well, anyway, uh, I worked there in 2015 when Dylan Ruth went to the church in Charleston, South Carolina, and shot up all those people. And I remember working there, and I remember getting back to getting to work that the next morning. You know, I'm just stunned. Like, oh my God, all this is all this has happened right down the road in Charleston. I live in Columbia. The guy who did it is from the Columbia area. The gun that he bought to use it to kill these people was from a shooting range, which I go to shoot every year for my job because I have to you know, qualify every year, surrounded by a bunch of redneck, hateful-looking white people. 
And I think to myself, oh my God, I'm glad I'm not paying to go to these rings out of my own money. And I'm glad that my, my own personal job is doing this because these are not the kind of people I want to be around or give my money to. But I'm going to suck it up and go here and do what I got to do and go. So it, it was just unbelievable to believe that this guy is fitting all the negative, hateful narratives that I've thought about people who look like him and came from the area where he came from. So I get to work and like I told you, like I just told you guys, I was surrounded. I worked with all white people who all Republican Trumpers type people. And, you know, they were saying, oh, everybody's saying that this guy's doing this for um, for hate crimes and things like this. And that could not, you know, they were discrediting him for doing shooting those people you know, out of hate. And they were saying, oh, it was mental illness and all this and this and this and this and this. And I'm just thinking like, oh my God, white people are so, can be so crazy in a sense. You mean to tell me you don't believe this guy came to do, to drove all the way to Charleston to kill people to, after he, pre, he it was a premeditated attack. He knew where he was going. He knew the history of the church. He wanted to cause a race war. But every single last white person in this job denounced what the guy who killed people's reason reason for killing people. They denounced it. You know, that's very stupid. He has told you what he meant to do. And he did it. And y'all want to denounce it and say, oh, he's mentally ill. Well, to be honest, if he was mentally ill, he needs to be killed. Everything is, oh, they're mental illness. And, and like, you know what? Like, really? Let's be honest here. The stuff that the white man has done to Native Americans, blacks in this country, and still ongoing stuff constantly in this country, that's all mental illness. And it's not it's not fair, it's not passable. You cannot go to you cannot tell me that someone goes and shoots up and kills up a bunch of people and say, Oh, well, they have mental illness. No one gives a fuck. The law needs to start looking at these mentally ill people or people who are questionable the same way as they look at a person who's very premeditated and knows exactly what they're doing. If you're so fucking crazy in the head to where you don't know what you're doing and you don't know how to distinguish right from wrong, you're a waste of you're a waste of you're a fucking waste of air and oxygen. You need to die. You know, someone needs to shoot you in the middle, shoot you dead in the head, and send your body to your parent to bury you. It is ridiculous the way the stuff that goes on. And I had to work around these people for years as they made these stupid racial remarks and things like that. And the money was good. And I knew as a grown-up that sometimes you're going to have to work in an environment where you don't necessarily want to work or want to be bothered with because that's part of being grown and that's part of paying your bills. But y'all, it got to a point after a while, I didn't give a fuck about that anymore. There was one day last year I was working there and I was just fed up with everything. I got tired of being fake. I got tired of all the the Trump talk and all this kind of stuff. And, it's, and my thing is nothing wrong with supporting Donald Trump. But when it gets to a point where you're ignorant with it and you, and you agree with his hateful ways and, and things like that. And as a black, and I'm the only black person here and you don't even have enough respect for me, enough respect for me to not even talk about this. Because I knew what they were doing. They wanted to rile up an argument and get an engagement out of me 
on their thoughts of Donald Trump. My thing is, hey, you support who you want to support. That's fine. Let me tell you this. I will act up when I want to act up. I don't give a fuck enough about y'all to even give you guys the benefit of the doubt to argue about what you think. Because guess what? I am as equally as hateful. I can be very equally as hateful. Excuse me. I equally have the same amount of opinions as you guys do. But I'm also smart enough to know to keep that kind of stuff out of my workplace. So you know what? I would play neutral. When you ask me questions, I will act ignorant and dumb because that's what you think I am. Granted, I'm very far from it. I'm very informed. (laughs) I know exactly what's going on and I know who I'm dealing with. And the best way to deal with your enemy is to give them very little, but keep your eye on them. That's exactly what I did until I got to a point where I said, you know what? I hate this job. So there was this one Friday uh, I, I worked and I just hated the place and time just couldn't go by fast enough. I kept looking at my clock and I was like, oh my God, like, dude, when, how, how much longer is this, this going to go? How much longer are you going to deal with this? You hate being here. You're not, you know, you don't really want to move up in this company anymore. How much longer are you going to deal with this? So that Friday, I walked out of work. I said, I don't think I'm coming back. I don't care about my bills enough anymore. If I lose my car or lose my place, well, I just had to rebuild because I hate this. I'm too old to be working a job that I hate so fucking much, especially when it comes to being around a bunch of racist white people. Either they were racist or uh, racially insensitive. Either one, I got tired of it. So I quit. I uh, emailed my manager and said, hey, I need a month off. I, I'm taking a leave of absence. I have some personal issues going on that uh, that needs my immediate attention. And, you know, so I took a, a one month off leave of absence. I'm going to go and I found another job. And, and you know, well, I already kind of knew that I was going to get that job, which also helped me quit, you know, quit the other job that I had. So I, I did that job for a month after a month was over. I was like, you know what, dude, I'm not going back to that to that, that place and doing all that racial shit. Granted, the new job, I didn't like that either, but it wasn't because of racial stuff. It was more so because of crappy management and stuff like that. So yeah, I left there and I never went back. And the people I still communicate with, well, they text me sometimes, check in on me. Because granted, I think the people did like me there, but overall, I didn't like, I didn't like being there. You know, I'm one of those kind of people, I can hate something, but still be great at doing it. And when people find out that I was, that I hated or didn't, or disliked it, they're just shocked because I'm just that good of a person. So yeah, so I quit that shit, will not go back, have no interest. I will work two and three jobs first before I can do that ever again. Um, But also I do know moving forward, not to allow that kind of abuse anymore from anybody on my, on my next jobs that I hold, you know? You know, kind of go ahead and give people their, hmm, how you want to say, like, you know, kind of set up the boundary, set up a better boundary with people when it comes to, to racism and racial, racial, um, insensitive jokes and remarks and stuff like that. But yeah, that's enough for this show, guys. I've ran it on long enough. Um, I hope I didn't piss you off. If I made you mad about anything, you know, sucks, but hey, we all have opinions. Um, if you feel like you want to go and hurt people, don't do that. That's crazy. Um, you may want to go talk to somebody about this, you know, vent to, to one of your friends or someone who you, who you can relate to and talk about the stuff that's going on in the world. I know I do. That helps me stay sane. 
um, talking to you guys on my podcast also helped with that, you know. Um, so, yeah, so it's just crazy the world we live in. You guys need to be safe, be alert, be vigilant, follow your gut instinct. Um, we need to start doing that kind of stuff more often, you know. And start telling people you love them because, like, clearly you, you never know when you can be gone or your loved one can be gone. Your loved one can walk, you know, like your loved one could go to the grocery store and get shot up. Your loved one can go to church and be killed, never come back. You know, so yeah. Start, start walking in love, guys. Stop walking in hate and anger. And the people that bring that out of you, remove them out of your life. People come and people go all the time. But you have to live your life and you need to live the best one that you can live. But yeah, thank you guys for listening to the Halliburton Podcast Show with Shane Ahmad. Thank you, and I will talk to you guys later. Thank you.